Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Again, it was a solid game until the last couple minutes. And unfortunately, you got to play 60 minutes. And we just, you know, it was, it was one of those where which team was going to make the air, and we, we did. We know in this locker room uh, the team that we, we can be. And uh, when, when we're on, we can play um, with the best teams in the league. Um, but like I said, when we, when we come off of it, um, with our group right now, it, it, every, it seems like every little mistake we, we make ends up costing us. And so um, we, we just got to make sure as a team, uh, we're sticking to our game plan, keeping it simple, because obviously it was working there for the whole game for the most part. And so, um, yeah, you, t you take a little bit of it, but I think uh, uh, we're pretty pretty rattled in here right now. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Well, we began with the words of Jacob Slavin, Hurricanes defenseman as the Hurricanes fall in Boston 2-0. I'm Adam Gold, and welcome to the Morning After podcast where, um, yeah, Hurricanes played for almost 56 minutes. An outstanding road game. I know that's a one of those hockey cliches, but when you play the right road game, it's a simple game. You're not trying to entertain anybody. You're not trying to sell any tickets for the next time. You're trying to go out, make life difficult on the home team, and win a hockey game. And for the most part, for again, for 56 minutes, Carolina was doing all of that. Jacob Slavin, I thought, played a whale of a game. Maybe the best player on the ice, uh, even in a losing effort. Um, but you can't help but feel like you get kicked in the gut when you play so well and you do the things you're supposed to do and it still doesn't go your way and we'll talk about it, you could have the feeling that they wasted what was a really good road game against the best team in the league. There's, there's no question to this point in the season that the Boston Bruins are the best team in hockey. They have not lost a game in regulation at home. They are 12-0 and 4 at home. They're 23 and 5 on the season, 9-0 and 3 in their last 12 games. Um Canes fall 2-0 on the road in Boston. We'll be talking to Alec Campbell in just a little bit. I thought uh Carolina was really good early. Uh Boston was really good uh late in the first period. Uh second period uh, while it kind of looks pretty even, I thought the Hurricanes had the better of the chances. I think they had four really good chances to score in the second period. Andre Svechnikov had a breakaway. Uh, he either missed the net or Yara Halak got a piece of it. By the way, his 49th career shutout for Halak. I think that's fifth all-time among uh, among active goaltenders. Uh, so Svech either got, uh, you know, either Halak got a piece of Svechnikov's shot 
uh, or he just kind of uh, flipped it high on the backhand. Nino Niederreiter, backhand try from in tight. Uh, actually beat Halak between the pads, but went off the far post. Dougie Hamilton had a great chance. Brock McGinn uh, on the left side off a pass from Tavo Teravainen uh, was stopped by Halak. So Carolina had plenty of chances in the second period, didn't get any to go. And then in the third, 4.05 left, Jake Gardner, who, I mean, we're, we're hoping we need Jake Gardner to become a thing, a positive thing. Uh, but Gardner, who had played a pretty good game to this point, he wasn't necessarily all that noticeable. But the truth is that basically everybody for Carolina played a good game, defensively solid game to that point. Gardner, at the end of what was a very good hurricane shift, trying to make a play at the blue line, uh, just had the puck taken away by Dalton Heinen. Uh, Danton Heinen, adult, I made up a name there. Uh, Danton Heinen, uh, ultimately Marshan had the puck, gets it back to Heinen. Heinen throws it into the corner, uh, and Marshan goes and gets it, and he throws it in front to Charlie Coyle. 4.05 left. It's one nothing Boston, and pfft, air out of the balloon. Uh, minute eight later, David Pasternak below the goal line. Uh, probably, to be, to be fair, this, the second goal probably was on the Hurricanes' worst shift of the game. Uh, Teravainen, uh, I guess Niederreiter was out there with Ajo, um, Edmondson, and Pesci, I believe. Uh, and I thought Carolina just got hemmed in there with Boston really having the momentum at that point. And they just weren't able uh, to get the puck out of the zone. Pasternak, good work below the goal line. He gets it up top to McAvoy, pl- puts a wrist shot on net. And David Krejci deflects it in. It's 2-0. Uh, Krejci's 200th career goal. Uh, and it's 2-0 Boston. And Carolina just wasn't going to score. Not on Halak. Uh, and pretty much deflated the rest of the way. Uh, looked to me like in the third period, after you got to about the 10-minute mark, Carolina was really trying to get to overtime, which I'm not saying I blame him because uh, you were playing such a good, solid defense, defensive game trying to get it to overtime. Uh, But because of that, I thought Boston was better in the third period. Carolina only attempted seven shots in the third. Uh, They were outshot by Boston 12-6 in the third period. James Reimer made 34 saves, played outstanding in goal tonight. I thought Carolina's three best players, and again, I think a lot of players played well. Jacob Slavin, James Reimer, I thought Andrei Svechnikov had a good game. I thought he was dangerous, thought he was good defensively, thought he was physical, uh, uh, but it just didn't go for Carolina. Uh, and it's these mistakes, and I said it if you uh, follow me on Twitter, at a gold fan. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, you heard me uh, or you read where I said, this is the kind of a game through 40 minutes where the next big mistake is going to cost you. And Jake Gardner's mistake at the blue line with probably 4.15 left, that was the fatal mistake. Not not holding onto the puck, not getting the puck in deep in the corner, uh, ultimately leads to Boston's transition play, and they score. And these are the kind of things, as Jacob Slavin alluded to, these are the kind of things that are stopping the Hurricanes from winning games. And here's the guy, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Hurricanes, Intermissions, and he joins us here on the Morning After podcast. 
Man, for 56 minutes just about, Carolina was playing the perfect road game. And as I tweeted out after the second period, you feel like the first or the next big mistake was going to decide it. And it came with about 4.15 left at the blue line, and Jake Gardner just lost the puck, and the rest is history. Is that, uh, I mean, I mean it, wasn't a, it wasn't an exciting game. It's not going to sell any tickets, but that wasn't the Hurricanes' job, right? Solid game of puck tonight, Adam, between two teams that were duking it out pretty good. I mean, I, I didn't think that, uh, I thought it was a pretty evenly played hockey game. Both teams got a few chances. Goaltenders played really well, made a couple of big saves. And I thought that, you know, the, the word around Boston has been that they hang around even when they're not playing their best. And I'm not even trying to say they didn't play their best tonight because I, I thought they were fine. Yeah. But they find ways to win in the third period. And that's what good teams do. You know, they figure it out somewhere along the way and it came down to two mistakes well one depending on you know the Gardner thing I mean he's just not helping himself out right now very much yeah you know I mean and the thing is when he turns the puck over at the blue line you know people were talking about him not recovering and I'm like yeah but we knew that (laughs) I mean (laughs) If he loses the puck, it's over, man, yeah. for him. So I don't even care about the fact that he was lost on the on the track back. He just got big boyed at the blue line, and that can't happen at that point of the game against that team because they're going to make you pay for that stuff. And then Sebastian Ajo, I think, lost Krejci yeah. on the last goal, and he's able to – stand in front of Reimer and you know, that's that. So it's unfortunate because I thought the Hurricanes played a really nice hockey game against a really good team on the road, as you mentioned. So it stinks that it had to happen that way. And I, I found myself thinking like if this if this game goes to overtime or shootout and the Canes lose, I mean that's really gonna suck, even though they would have come away with a point as opposed to no points. But you know, both of those teams I thought played well. They both probably deserve to win the game, but you can't make mistakes like that at the end of the game against that team if you want to come away with a win because they'll make you pay. So yeah, Rod uh, Rod Brindamore talked about it after the game. Is like these are the this is the way that Carolina has been losing games. Uh, yeah. Right there, even game. All of a sudden, you make a mistake or sometimes two mistakes, uh, and you pay for it. Um, and it's not like they haven't also won games like this. I mean, uh, they're 16, 11, and 1 on the season. So yeah. they've won their share of games where the other team makes the mistake. They've won their share of games by playing better in the third period. Uh, but it's been a while since they've done that on a consistent basis. Look, they were uh, they kind of hung on in Tampa. They were, they were probably better against Nashville than they were against Tampa, to be fair. Uh, but they but they scored goals against Tampa, which they didn't do against Nashville. They had their chances, and this is where uh, you go, man. You had probably four big time chances in the second period and didn't bury any of them. Uh, yep. Part of that is Yar Holak playing really well. Part of that is you, know, you just didn't score. I mean, uh, sometimes you hit the goaltender in the chest with the puck, which is what it looked like Brock McGinn did on that chance. 
Uh, I don't know if Svechnikov's shot was saved or if he just missed the net. Nino Niederreiter beat Halak, but he didn't beat the far post. I mean, that's one that I mean, you just shake your head like, how do you, you do everything right and you still don't score? Uh, Dougie Hamilton had a chance, uh, you know, a really good scoring chance in the second. None of those goals go in, and you hope they don't come back to bite you because you had chances. Uh, but against a team like Boston, they generally do. Yeah, I mean, you you leave out the one that Ajo had in the first period, too. Right. Where right after they kill a penalty, Aiden Flurry slips Ajo the puck uncontested, and he's not able to score. So, yeah, it sucks when you have a bunch of good opportunities and you can't get it done. You know, I, I didn't really have high hopes for the Hurricanes tonight. I like, I mean, I just felt like, you know, no Natchez, no Hala, um, no offense. You're going, <laughs> you're going up against a team that's yeah. just white hot right now. They've got the leading goal scorer. They've they haven't lost in regulation at uh, at home. They're undefeated against Metro team. I mean, you know, not that that. I don't know how much the, you know that doesn't really matter so much, but it just proves to you how good they are. Um, they're, you know, they've scored the second most goals in the league. They've allowed the second fewest goals in the league. I mean, they're just, they're probably the best team in the yeah. NHL right now. I think they are. And they've got a, they've got a power play that is lethal as we saw last year in the playoffs. And you know, the numbers prove it this year too. And I, I, I just, I never had a good feeling about it, but the hurricanes to their credit played a pretty good hockey game. I will say, you know, the one place where the Hurricanes didn't capitalize was on the power play either. And, right. you know, you go into a game like that and you say, well, you, you know, you got you, you to gotta stay out of the penalty box. And if you do get a power play or two, you got to capitalize on it. And they really just didn't look very good on the power play, especially the first unit. And, you know, I know they scored in the last game. I think they were one for four in the last game. I think they were one for five against the Rangers a couple games before that. But I feel like it's been a while since we've seen the power play look really dangerous. So they might have to go back to the drawing board on something. I don't, I don't know exactly, but you know, you got to take advantage of those opportunities too. And they, they weren't able to do that. Uh, It's pretty simple as to what the, what the missing piece is of the power play. And it's no Eric Hall in front of the net. Uh, uh, Ajo has been basically camped out in front of the net for the most part. Uh, It's not a natural thing for him, uh, and he doesn't look natural doing it. It's nice to see him in the middle, uh, but the truth is is that he doesn't take the eyes away from the goaltender the way Eric Halla does. Nino Niederreiter is usually good in the high slot. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll change some combinations. The truth is the second unit probably looked better on the first power play than uh, than the first unit did, but neither of them looked good. On the second power play, I, well, I, do, I do want to talk about two po- two positive things that I think we saw tonight. Uh, we know yeah. that this team is not built to win games like this, but they executed a game plan tonight and played such a strong defensive game. I mean, Jacob yeah. Slavin, I mean, I know the best Hurricanes lost the best for either team. Slavin was the best player in the game. Uh, the, the And, you know, so you hate to waste th- things like that, but there, there, there is a positive element I think they can take away from the game in that, hey, when they execute a game plan, they can play that game. It's not their nature, but when they set their mind to it, 
they can do it. And you have to do it to give yourself a chance to win in Boston. Because if you trade punches with that team, you're done. Because they've they, they've got good secondary players. I know Charlie Coyle, but I think Boston kind of mixed up their lines a little bit. And they separated uh, Marshawn and Pasternak, I guess, uh, at times, maybe in the third period. Uh, but Charlie Coyle can play with, you know, he can play up. Uh, maybe not on a steady diet, but he's good enough. Same with David Krejci. Krejci got his 200th career goal tonight. I mean, those are really, really good, smart players. They just had better scoring depth than Carolina. Carolina's not getting much from uh, from anybody other than Ajo Svechnikov and Teravainen. Yeah, I actually thought that I thought that the big guns for Boston were fairly quiet until the yeah. very end. I mean, I know that I know that Pasenak had a couple of chances early in the game. In the first period, and that's when I thought the Hurricanes were the most vulnerable. Was that first ten minutes of the game, when they took another early first period penalty? Two. Which I mean, they took two, but they the first one they took, you know, in the first like three and a half or yeah. four minutes. I like God, they keep doing, they keep taking these like early first period penalties. I, I don't, I don't understand that. They just wanted James so, Reimer to feel the puck. But, you know, I mean, but you had, speaking of Slavin, I mean, you had a situation where he read a play as if he, you know, watched the way that what's-his-name scored Rocco Grimaldi against Nashville early in the game, and he read a play and, and kept Pasternak from scoring. And there was another play where where Pasternak, uh, I think he had a chance, but it, Reimer made a save. But for the most part, I mean, Pasternak, Marshan, those guys were fairly quiet until the very yeah. end of the game. So. You know, they, whenever they, you know, I mean, that's sort of, and that's what you said before the game was, it's going to be the other guys that beat you. And even talking to, to Matt Porter before the game, you know, he was talking about getting guys to sort of key in on, on the Pasternak's and Marshans of the world. Um, the Hurricanes were able to do that pretty well. So, um, yeah, I like their defensive game. Jacob Slavin was ridiculous mm-hmm. tonight. I mean, he had 11 shots tonight total i think he had a few blocks a few uh, takeaways i mean the play he made on debrusque was just ridiculous yeah <laughs> um and i'm up i mean i don't even care that he didn't score that goal because the whole thing was sick regardless uh go uh what's the uh what's the beverage of choice tonight uh you know tonight i feel like you can't really do something that's like fun you have to do something that's more pensive <laughs> So, I think you just I think a you scotch. Just go, yeah, I think you just go with a, with a shot of brown, some whatever, whatever your choice is. So I've got uh, I've got a Glen Morangi original in nice. there, ten year. I've also got a Glen Morangi Quinta Rubin, which was gifted to me by uh, by the the great Wade Minter. Okay, uh, that's a that's a uh, that's a cask aged uh, uh, scotch, which is very good. Very nice. I also have a, a double barreled Woodford reserve that I might go to Ooh. bourbon. But I think I think tonight, you know, I'm I'm not I think tonight's just a, you know, a, a scotch sipping type of evening and you just kind of just kind of sit back and try to figure out what what, what happened. <laughs> I've got a uh I've got a 2% uh organic um milk? Harris Teeter milk, yeah. Oh, yeah. lovely. I'm going 2% tonight. Two percent. I'm living. Uh, I'm living. I'm living large. That that'll put you right to sleep. Absolutely. I'm. I'm not. I'm not warming it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go are, ice cold. Are you gonna drink it from a saucer? Uh, no, no. Don't tell my wife. I might drink it right from the container. 
All right, man. Well, you enjoy your milk. I'll enjoy my uh, my scotch. <laughs> All right, man. Talk to you later. It was a busy night in the NHL. By the way, the uh, the victim coming up on Thursday, San Jose, uh, had a late game against Washington. As a matter of fact, uh, as we recorded the morning after podcast, the game had not even started yet. Philadelphia was a winner over Toronto. Uh, Montreal was a winner over the Islanders. So uh, Carolina's spot in the standings is uh, just becoming a little bit more precarious. In the Metropolitan Division, Philadelphia with 37 points is now four points ahead of Carolina. Uh, each team has played 28 games. Montreal is three points behind Carolina, uh, and as Carolina still holding down the first wild card spot. So there's the final score, 2 nothing. Boston beats Carolina. If you, in the grand scheme of things, Carolina played a good game, and they should be uh, happy about that element. You just can't make mistakes the way they're making them and at the times they're making them. Uh, So 2-0, Boston wins. Carolina next back in action on Thursday at home against the San Jose Sharks. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.